Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the DM. So come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-round good time that comes with this great activity. The cast for our second shot at this campaign is Elbrum, a male Asmar warlock with his pixie familiar silhouette starfire of an unnamed fey court. Then there's Morden, Morden Kell, a male elven rogue that wants to be a monk, and his brother Ventus, a male dark elf rogue with a coy smile. Asher Bloodfist, a male human barbarian that wants to kill the Black Sultan. And finally, we have Mick, who plays Calidus Magnus Lunior, a male elf-marked wizard who's got a box. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We're using the D&D 5e ruleset, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, welcome to the show. In this episode, Daryl the Kobold, last of the Daryls, huddles in a corner. Akan faces interrogation. Mistress Henna is tied to a chair. And Munya is sobbing in a corner. The elven Kell brothers scour the home, looking for Rahid, or looking for loot. Elbrum consoles the broken Munya and takes a stand for the honor of all women. The party learns why Mistress Hannah spurned Hakan, and a ghast arrives. That sounds suspiciously like Gollum. Who is this sister he talks about? Morden and Ventus find Rahid, and although he's hogtied, he goes feral when he sees Hakan. Calidus takes matters into his own hands and calls the city watch. Plot threads start to close, answers are found, and then... Then things really start to get crazy. Man, there was a lot of NPC voices in this episode. So sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Okay, once again, I'm here with Mick, and we are reviewing how things went last session. I think I wanted to start off with just chatting a little bit about what happened within Discord, because I personally thought... in our mission yesterday was, oh man, I tell you, it was a challenge. There were so many NPCs and me trying to stay on top of it was just nuts. And for some strange reason, like our American uh, players, you know, they played at midnight or they played up at the midnight. They stopped, they woke up. And then all of a sudden I got all this stuff happening in discord messages from them and stuff like this. So player investment wise, even though that session seemed kind of to go on a little bit for me, I think the guys really bought into that. I was I was really, really surprised because all of a sudden two of the guys are are chatting in Discord saying doing a little bit of role playing of what their character is thinking at this moment. And I thought that was that was really good. Like for example, Elbrum all of a sudden he role plays talking about why he did the things he did in the session because I, I guess he wanted to make sure that you guys understood <laughs> where his thinking was on yeah. that. I must say that it was 
it was a spectacular session in terms of from a player engagement point of view. There were so many NPCs running around. It's, it's no wonder that uh, you were tearing your hair out trying to keep up with it. But it really, really did make a huge difference that there were probably six or seven NPCs. Everyone had a different voice. That was really impressive. And, and I think that's the, the player engagement now has just gone up another level, which is why you're seeing the Elbrum stuff coming through. Yeah, well, it making me blush, but yeah, I, 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 that was the interesting thing. I, and, and in fact, I, you don't get to see in the open Discord channel, but one of the other characters was actually talking about how he sent me a, a role-playing session on a private message, basically saying how he was trying to console the one surviving kobold slave who came with you guys back to the camp. Yeah. And he was just trying to make him feel better and stuff like this. And I was just like, that's brilliant, man. Why don't you put that into the channel so that everybody else can see it? But And look, and the others will drive off that. And that's yeah. the thing. If you put it into the channel and this is what you're thinking or this is what you're saying and you do it in character, then the other characters can respond as well. Well, and not just that, but two is after Elbum wrote some of that stuff, I've been thinking, you know, try, there was a plot hook I introduced a while ago and there's a tie into that plot hook that is really good for one of the characters. And I haven't been able to figure out how to get that other thing in. And then with what Elbrum put, all of a sudden he just opened a door wide for me with the stuff that he said where I can be like, okay, yeah, you, someone actually told you this. And all of a sudden now, there it is. Now you've got that information that I, I couldn't figure out how to yeah. present before. And, and, and then we go. And so this is when you, the whole game goes to a whole different level because it does become a, a not something that happens for three hours. It becomes something that can happen for seven days. You can write your own stories. You can manipulate, if you're like me, you'll manipulate the story to try and gain advantage over the DM, <laughs> which is a perfectly rational way of doing of things. Our two rogues, of course, spend their lives trying to manipulate the story so that they get lots and lots of gold and kill lots well, of people. But if they give you openings, it also means that it becomes easier for you. You don't have to dream up the stories. Yeah. They, they give you people that you can bring into play. Yeah. I must admit that there, there is clearly a limit to the number of voices that you can come up with. Oh. <laughs> and, and fortunately, we killed off two of them last night, so Thank that's God. two less that you need. Yeah. But I'm sure they were replaced by someone else. Yeah. So the, this, yeah, the whole player engagement thing has has really gone to a, a new level. On it. Like it was really interesting though, too, because I was concerned because within Discord, I mean, everybody would show up on time for the session and ready to go, which made me really happy. But I was always worried coming up to that time, like would people not show up? Would people not show up? And at least this time, one guy couldn't show, and he gave me a, a big a, a notice at the beginning of the at the day saying, "Look, I can't go. You know, I've got a problem." Blah 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 blah. So I had forewarning, which at least that all made me feel that that okay, there is player engagement going on here. It was just, I mean, they all had their personal lives and stuff like that. And then after this last session, <clears throat> something's changed. And, and, there, and there are comments that are coming two hours before the session starts. Yeah which is clearly an indication that they're there. Yeah. An interesting test of this is like kill someone next week and see what happens <laughs> and, and, and find out if the player engagement is still there. I actually think that we have, we've crossed over that line where while everybody loves, the, loves their character, that if, if one of them died, no one's going to get upset about it. They're going to go, well, my, my character died, that's fine. Yeah. I'll come up with another one. I'm having fun. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's completely different to anything we've ever done before. We kill off a player well, in, in, prior to that and they just... Well, in, in, it. The interesting thing too is at the very beginning when we first were creating characters, 
and it was you roll 46, yes. you drop the drop the lowest, and you roll it as your ability scores are. And I mean that it, from that you must choose your racing class. And so I know one guy was not quite happy. There was pushback, wasn't there? And well, and I said, well, okay, this is your first character. If he dies, you roll again the same format, but you at least get to assign your stats on the second the second character. So I really thought that. Although I asked, please don't try just to kill your character so you can get what you want. Try to role play yeah, it. Ahead. And yeah, <laughs> and, and I think they they've really gotten engaged with their characters, and so that thought of well, I'm going to kill this character by by uh, by intent hasn't actually. And happened. I and I think you're actually at the point now where you could turn around and say, if your character dies and you roll up another one, guess what? It's going to be. Um, what you roll is what you get. Mm. You you won't get to pick your own attributes. Yeah, well, and and, uh, and I think they would take that. I really do think they would take that. But I, I see that they've reached the stage now where that is part of the challenge. Yeah. They they've started with characters that they didn't necessarily want, yeah. and now they are very engaged in bringing their characters on. And the yeah. Kell brothers are just lunatics, aren't they? Yeah, the so Kell brothers, the two elven brothers, the two elven brothers are just going. Yeah, off. well, and, and that's the funny thing too, is because like Elbrum was saying. Yeah, Calidus and I, we're kind of making a lot of the decisions. And the two, the two Kell brothers, I was really worried at the beginning, but they're actually, you know, not going nuts as I thought they would. So there's a good balance going on. There like, is, yes, isn't it? Is, yeah, but they are. They're not. They're not stealing the things that will get them into trouble, but they are stealing everything that's not nailed down, which is yeah. really good. And as an income generator, they're fantastic. You just let them go. And they'll kill anyone that's standing around. You've just got to give them the nod. Oh, so let's let's <laughs> let's talk about last session because there's there was a lot of beautiful moments in there. Like when the when the the, the two elves who are ro- both rogues, they've both been trained at the same monastery, and they decide to set a scene after Elbrum goes and assassinates this <laughs> one guy. Or no, sorry, sorry. Elbrum, we, Elbrum didn't. Yeah, okay. We should start, start at the beginning. Okay, we should start at the. We don't want to get to the so, Hollywood moment too soon. We. Setting the scene, so we are starting up at, you guys are in Hakan's house, you've dealt with his kobolds and his small water elemental, they're taking care of one kobold of the four, of the four <laughs> brothers survives, and he is really uh, depressed, Yes. so he pretty much through the whole session just kind of sits huddling and, and muttering. Fake position in the corner. Yeah. Um, and Hakan, you guys have him uh, up in his ex-wife's room, hogtied. Um, with Mistress Henna there, and, and who is tied to a chair, and Munia who's sitting off in the corner crying. Um, so that's that's where the scene starts, and then uh, after that, oh, it was it was a challenge because right right from the beginning, you guys started grilling for information, and yeah, yes. I, I knew who Khan was, I knew what his motivations were, uh, I knew Mistress Henna and what her motivations were. I mean, I, I had an idea of what to do with Munia. And I was really surprised at that one because uh, almost from the beginning, I, I was really expecting. Here's where I set in my mind. I set the scene of I'm going to have a woman sobbing as a sound effect, and so I started the yeah. the start of the scene. I put the woman sobbing as a side effect in my my session notes. It was going to be Hakan saying "Shut up," but no, it was Calidus who <laughs> says "Shut up, woman." <laughs> Yes, go and sit in the corner. Right, we'll be with right, you in a minute. Okay. Right from like within yeah. less than a minute, yes. my session notes are yeah. out, out the window. Well, the- I mean, to me, this was about you know expediting the the information flow. We needed to know what was going on. 
clearly she was a, an innocent bystander or just a by the fact that she wasn't tied up was a bit of a giveaway that she clearly didn't know anything so mm. you know she goes and sits in the corner it did i must admit that while your session notes went out the window after the first 10 seconds mine went out the window after about two minutes when the, the wizard started going off after the conversation that he had so oh yes yeah, so war, the warlock so what i did warlock. was elbrum goes to console Munya after Kalida says, just be quiet, we need to talk to these people. So Albram is consoling her, and then I whispered to Elbram and I said, Munya tells you that, I mean, the reason why she's crying is she's like, well, Hakan's raped me. And this just sets Elbram off. So you guys are sitting there having a conversation, and all of a sudden Elbram comes over, <laughs> and he hacks off one of Hakan's thumbs. And that was, the, yeah, that was two minutes into it, and that's where I lost the plot, because I'm going... What the? <laughs> and that was just it because at the end of the day, none of you none guys of knew what set Elbrum off. No, and we still don't know. Oh, we do now because it was done after the game. Yeah. But so Elbrum's gone off. I've made the immediate assumption that this is related to an incident that occurred a while ago. I should mention at this point in time that we come back to this session. I told Muna to go and sit in the corner and immediately... The two elves are off ransacking the place. Yeah, the they two. have gone. They're, they're not interested in what's happened to who. Yeah, what. We don't need the background. We're just going to steal shit. That's yeah. what's going to happen. As soon as Hakan's hogtied, they're you know acrobatic their way there. off of the balcony, <laughs> searching for whatever whatever is not tied down. Yeah. So, so anyway, Hakan has lost a couple of thumbs, and we start extracting bits of information. But I have to say though, this I thought worked very very brilliantly. That I gave Elbrum this piece of information. And then he reacted. And instead of t him telling you guys why he's reacting, he just role-played <laughs> that up. And it was very, very pure in the sense that you guys are like, what is he doing? And you guys didn't know. Whereas if if I would have just said out in the open, oh, and Munya tells you this, Elbrum, and then all of you guys heard me saying that, then that surprise from your guys' point would have been genuine. You would have been trying to role-play surprise instead of being completely caught off guard that's so, true and the hakan's reaction was one of he was you know he didn't know why yeah he was going off so yeah. we have no idea why elrum's going off hakan has lost a thumb he lost another one shortly after that yeah, too, it wasn't it wasn't long he, too, because, he gave uh, the wrong answer he, yeah he he, his bed or something he admitted so you guys started hammering into him like he was still i mean he was in pain and whatnot and asking you guys to to help him and then the barbarian went and tried to stop the the blood flow, <laughs> and he then admits that, you know, you guys asked him, what's the deal between you and Hannah? And Hannah's, you know, quite quiet at this time, and Hakan's just like, she's humiliated me, and she's she spurned my advances, and then, of course, Hannah's just like, well, just look at him. <laughs> it's fat, disgusting Noel. I mean, what, you know, not a chance. And she wouldn't marry him, so. That yeah, was, that yeah, was so that, yeah. that, all of a sudden, now you guys found out the whole why the whole Hakan Hena business, what's the deal going on? Yeah. Here? So it's really just a personal thing. Yeah. Um, there's no particularly clever thing. Yeah. And during this process, we also find out that Hena didn't actually have the gem. Rahid found the gem in the river. Right. So that was a bit that. So at the very beginning, Hena's out. telling you guys that he stole the gem from her. That was yeah. the whole start of the adventure. And now you guys learn that, okay, nope. You're certain now that uh, she was yeah. just after the gem, but you didn't know. You you tried to ask her some questions, and she was not really giving. She, you, she was giving you the runaround. She was doing that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the two elves have uh, made their way downstairs into the cellar. No, not just yet. They 
They were ransacking oh, no, the house. They ransacked the upstairs rooms, didn't they? And Elbrum takes Munia off to go to the patio yes. to, to provide more uh, consoling. So at that point, uh, I can't remember if he cut That's both right, of, of Hakan's thumbs off by that point. I think but, they were both gone by then. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, he's there consoling, so he's <clears> absorbed <throat> into making Munia, you know, okay. The, the two elves are out beside the trap door in the kitchen uh, trying to just figure out if there's traps there. And I, I introduce a new NPC at this point. And only the barbarian is the only one who rolled a good perception score. So all of a sudden he hears this stuff. And I took you got I took Asher into a private voice channel to tell him what he heard. And then returned to the main channel. And again, this was a good chance of people just having to react because they don't know what Asher heard. They just knew that Asher's all of a sudden reacting and shouting and everybody's like, what are we, what are, what's going on? At that point, a ghast comes into Yes. Nature. And the ghast is not aggressive. Like, we're not He's, really sure what's going on. I there. was so playing uh, freaking Lord of the Rings and Gollum on, on the ghast. <laughs> it was. It was <laughs> yeah. Yes, the voice was good. Bring me my precious. Anyway, we essentially had a conversation with the ghast. Was it at this stage, I think, by the time the ghast had arrived... They hadn't found Rahid yet. No, they oh. hadn't. So they were at the trap door, and all of a sudden they hear Asher shouting, there's someone coming through the front door. And then they and the rogues come stairs. running to find. Morgan just catches hint of this blue-gray-skinned thing with this slit, long tongue, you know, <laughs> salivating and talking about, I smells it, and you just going on and on about this. And so they come to chase him. And but we capture him instead. Yeah, so in the end, Asher's ready. The gas opens up the door to come through because clearly he smells something that he's following. Or at least I hope that was clear. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and then Asher tosses a spear and the spear goes right into the, the gas and the gas is like, runs back in to get cover. <laughs> and the rogue is there with his knife and basically at that point, insane. I wasn't and sure that, if that you guys were going to kill him. Well, see, he no, didn't kill him. That was good. And, and our guys have figured this, I think that they've got this nailed, that... Killing stuff is not an essential part of what you do. So we've now captured another creature, which we drag into the bedroom. So we now have Muna and all the rest of them. Yep. So we've now got three or four people in the bedroom. Yep. And once again, your, your uh, the interrogation keeps going and the elves are out the door two seconds later. Once again. They're going back down to the cellar. Yeah. So they've, they've cleared out the upper floors. They go down to the cellar. And they find Rahid. And they find Rahid, who is tied up. Hogtied. And so they, of course, inspect the cellar to see what they can find or steal. And then they get Rahid. They didn't go through his pockets, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Oh, well, I I, I think my description was enough at the end because at the end of the day, he was threadbare. And besides, at the end of the day, you you guys did find the eye in Hakan's purse. So that that was the main thing. You had the eye. So we end up with Rahid upstairs. Not as though there's too many NPCs upstairs, at which stage the DM is tearing his hair out, going, I'm running out of voices. Yeah. Uh, so fortunately, that was good. And then Rahid, something... Rahid goes off because he sees Hakan there, and he goes after uh, Hakan. And, yeah. and it was really cool that I'm just like, and he sees Hakan, he's going after Hakan, and I, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> but all of a sudden, uh, I think Elbrum stands Elbrum in the way or something between. like this. And there's something about... You know, I can't in good conscience kill this man. Morden was like, 
well, I mean, I'm an assassin. If you paid me, I'd do it. So Elbrook gives him like a gold piece. And Elbrook basically just, just kills Hakan. Kills Hakan. So Hakan's dead. Missing a couple of thumbs. Got a few cut marks of the body after a bit of small torture. Yeah. And we now have Rahid sitting there, probably getting the message at this stage that we're not exactly nice people to play with. Yeah. We still have the gas to deal with and a few others. But it was at this point in time there was some clever decorative piece, something well, that it, you would see in a, a, a reality show. Where Cal- the, but Calidus the, went and called the cops too at, at yes, some point. Yes, at this point in time. Yeah, Calidus has called the cops by now thinking we could have some issues here. We'll call the cops. Yeah, when the gas... And he, yeah. he called the cops prior to... I can't be killed. That's yep. right. Um, just in case, when we heard so the gas, when the gas, the gas was coming, in. and we didn't know the strength of the gas or who was coming with them. Yeah, so because they did this a good job. The, no metagaming the, there. This was the backup. We yeah. were going for the backup. So the cops are on their way, and the two elves are sitting there, and they did the reality TV interior decorating job uh, and arranged Takan in such a way that while he may not have had a head, it was plausible that he lost his head as part of a battle. Yeah. But but to accentuate this, and I did like the way that they did this, they then took the gas, the two of them out, to the top of the stairway and killed him. Yeah. To sort of further reinforce that there had been a large and bloody battle. But the, the good part was, though, is that, I mean, you guys at least tried to continue to do a good interrogation. And the thing is, is once you brought the gas up, to the room where Hakan and Henna were, Henna has a reaction to seeing the gas. Yes. And all of a sudden now, Henna's telling you stuff that before she was giving you the runaround about. Yes. And so you learn then that, yeah, okay, that's right. She, she didn't have the gem, but it wasn't there. She was sent on a mission to find the gem. And so she had a bit of information, piecemeal information about this gem. So she didn't have a full story, but she did tell you that now you need to go and speak to this other NPC who has a much bigger picture of what's going on. So, in other words, she's a spy. Yeah. So we've got to, who do we have to go and see? Princess Karima. Princess Karima. That's right. So, and she's and she's basically telling you you got to kill this ghast. And the whole time you guys are trying to interrogate the ghast as well. <clears throat> so you're interrogating Hakan. That kind of falls over. You're interrogating Henna. That kind of falls over. I throw the ghast into the mix. And you start interrogating the ghast and you learn that he's well, one of four. He's one of four and he's following orders from the big ghast. And we know that that one's a fairly powerful one because Hannah tells us that a few people fear her. And no, no. She's called the sister. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, you guys, one of you guys were like, oh, so you knew that it was undead. And you knew yes. that about the loyal dead. And so you started asking some questions to some of the Is people and you found out. And someone says, was it a vampire? And then you're like asking him, who's the sister? And he yes. isn't able to give you anything, but you ask to describe. And so all of a sudden now he's describing the sister and you find out that, oh, sh- it's a mummy. Mm. Yep. So we've got, and again, at this point in time, not really an issue for us. The, the pending issue, I guess, is that we know the police are coming. And I must say, again, you know, the whole script, mine went out the window at two minutes. I fully expected the police to come and see the scene. We captured all of these people. We will give them the gem because clearly holding the gem is probably a bit of an issue. And we will walk away with it, having cleaned out the house, kept the money, the gold plates, all that kind of stuff, and gone, well, that worked quite well. But, of course, 
in comes the flying carpet. With but, but yeah, you killed Hakan at that time. We killed the gas. You killed the gas because you guys were considering, you were talking with the gas, and at one point you were talking about, well, we need to arrange a meeting with the gas's master. Yes. Uh, because the master called them forward, so you're like, yeah, let, let's get the master to come to the jubilant Nargile. And, you know, I was just sitting there thinking, well, that's just funny because, I mean, in my mind, I know who the master is. I know it's this mummy and the mummy's not going to go out in the middle of the day to meet with you guys. So I'm just but laughing at this and I'm just, how do I convey this? And just waiting for you guys to ask the right questions without, you know, trying to lead And you. we have, we, we have spoken to all of the, it's clear that everybody that we're talking to, everyone we're seeing face to face now is an underling. They're working for someone and we need well, to right, talk to the next, we need to talk to the, the mummy. We need to talk to Princess Karima. Princess Karima. And, you, and you were because you were thinking about having her come to the Jubilant Nargile. Yeah, and you were having who else did you want to come to the Jubilant Nargile? Because they, they, yeah, you brought Rahid back up, and the guys had ransacked the house and they found you know a bunch of stuff, and some of that stuff was probably about hundred gold pieces worth of loose change. And one, I guess, one of the rogues felt, well, we're going to pay Rahid. X amount of money because for the gem, for the gem. and I, I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm is just, just like, like what? what are we doing? <laughs> but I had to laugh because at, at the end of the day, I got the feeling that when when the two rogues were talking to Rahid before they brought him up, he gave them this sob story, and they hook line and sinker like, yeah, he's another rogue like us. Let's, but I mean, he's just down on his luck. Let's bring him into the ranks. I got the impression too that they were working Rahid. Uh, uh, well. The bits that I wasn't supposed to hear. So my observations are that, that, that they did a great job. They've spoken to Rahi. They found out that he's a he's not really a great thief. They're really terrible. Using, fact. Yes, they're using him to gain access to the Crimson Paw. And, and, and they're talking to him about the Crimson Paw, and he's like, "Yes, of course, of course, of course." And then they ask him some question, and it became blatantly obvious that he knows crap, yeah. and that he can't get in anyway. But at least, yes, you're right. They've, they've taken pity on him. And they've offered him this wonderful deal, which is that they will buy the gem from him, much to Calidus's dismay. And he doesn't Hakan. have it because Hakan took it. And we've actually got it in our pocket, and they yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, and I thought, wow, that's weird. But then these Calidus reins them in and just like, well, remember, he does owe Nasur 75 gold pieces. So, and I, yeah. I was just like, well, that was well done. Because I was just like, and all of a sudden, I, I'm reacting to that as Rahid being like, oh, oh, yeah, Nasur. Right. That's, yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because that was like, this clearly, this is the point where Rahid's moved from being, you know, aggressive and not on our side. He accepted that unbelievably well and just went, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that's going to have to have to be like that. So we've taken the guy that is, you know, the thieving bloke that everybody hates and he, he's become a friend almost. Well, and, th and this is funny for me too because I, I was very specifically waiting to see how you reacted to that because previously the previous group Rahid he had a very deep deep voice and uh, this time around he's got a very nasal voice and kind of yep. whiny and uh, and this time I changed it up I changed the perspective up for Rahid where he was just like come on dude you know I found this gem I'm just trying to sell the gem what's wrong with that and so we, all of a sudden <laughs> it's just like you know changing trying to change your guys' point of view and uh, so from being in the previous game, very aggressive, very violent, 
and fight, fight, fight this time around. You know, he's hogtied and... And also, he, the other thing about this too is that at the point he's hogtied and he is upstairs, even if he was very aggressive, it would have been blatantly obvious to him that if he just crossed the line, the guys would have killed him. Yeah, and, and the thing is too is you guys were aware... Now, this is the funny thing too because I know from the previous sessions that you guys learned that he was a were-rat because yes. you guys were all concerned about silvering your weapon. So I, I wonder if during the session, I mean, it didn't seem to come up. Now, I did have him, his face convert into his, his hybrid form yes. as he was about to go off after Hakan. And it was funny that you guys, there was really no big, you know, uh, commotion over the fact that he's a, a were-rat. I think that the, the, we, we still approach this from the point of view pretty much that in the absence of someone attacking us or doing something wrong to us. It doesn't matter what you are. We will we will hope that you're going to be okay and mm. we will defend ourselves rather than attack you. Yeah. And if he had converted, if he had gone right off, it was a fairly safe bet that we probably could have killed him because of the, you know, he was bound, so everything he did would have tried to do with Yeah, he would have been trying to free himself. Him. And I could see the rogues quite happily just throwing him out the window and that mm. would be par for them. For, for yeah. them to go. But see, and the thing is too, is like, and I'm sitting here playing this from the point of view of the very first thing when Rahid gets up there, he's like, where's my girlfriend? And you know, that, oh. that conversation goes a little bit of the ways because I mean, he was caught with, you know, with his girlfriend. And I, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm aware of thinking about, okay, these things happen. And I really mm-hmm. wonder if you guys, from your interactions and the questions, whether or not you guys are able to put, you know, all of the points together to get a, a complete picture because I don't know if you guys were able to figure out that Hakan found Rahid and Munya and he kidnapped them. Yeah, that was obvious. Yeah. Yeah, we had okay. that figured. And but he, also the other one too was that, that Elbrum tweaked that, you know, clearly having been raped and now starting to understand the people she's associated with, that she's bolted. And I loved his response when Rahid says, Where's Munya? And it was like, she's left you, mate. You're an idiot. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is like at one point, too, there was, oh, we forgot about the whole point when, when Elbrum started carving into Hakan's body fat. Yeah. And, and that was, yes. I think the third comment was, it, it, was he it, found it, out that there, Hakan was married, but his, his wife fled. I think, I think I had Mistress Hannah say something about his wife which set Elbrum off again, yeah. and all of a sudden Elbrum's carving out chunks yes. of his flesh. Yeah. The, the, the and amount I, of damage I, to poor old Hakan. Well, he passes really, out. He's he passes getting to the out. stage where you look at it and go, how the, how the guys could disguise this as being a battle against a knoll. Well, and, and this, is the thing, and this is why the assassination worked so well, because after what Elbrum did, between cutting off his thumbs and then started carving into him, I mean, Hakan was unconscious. Yeah. It was just, it was just too much damage. And, uh, and also would have been so, unexplainable to the police. Yeah, so, yeah. So there was really no, he, he really didn't have to, he, he really shouldn't have been saved. Yeah, but it, I, I, it was I, it was brilliantly done. And, you know, and the funny thing is, is I, I, you know, I did chat with Elbrum on Discord this morning, in <clears> fact. <throat> so, or no, sorry, it was, it was yesterday evening. So it would have been early in the morning in America. So... Clearly, he woke up and it was on his mind. Yeah. And so he started explaining some of his, you know, his thinking in that. And he wrote this big role-playing thing uh, in, into yeah. Discord. But, yeah, I, I was just like, ah, that's a pretty, really good role-playing that you had going on there. And, and, and it does start bringing us more to this ethical, I mean, it's the whole thing. We are becoming 
a, a fairly ethical, if if you know, somewhat you know, murderous bunch. We've killed a couple of people so far. None that didn't deserve to die. No, of course, no. no. They all should have been. Well, I mean, and and we, and we seem to be getting away with it. I mean, we may not get away with it for much longer. But in terms of a, a role playing game, we haven't really crossed the line on anyone. You know, Hakan has kidnapped these people. His his hatred for someone that spurned him is illogical and just wrong. He just sort of it's it's a, like a Harvey Weinstein moment. Yeah, I wonder if, if we can say that. The other bloke was dead when we got there, so we hadn't killed him. I mean, I think that we we still haven't crossed the line. I think we're still doing okay. Yeah, and, I, and, and even then when you guys decided that you're going to kill the gas, which I thought, again, was pretty cool because all of a sudden, I mean, this could have been a very big metagame uh, thing, and Morden was like, I think if you, a gas scratches you, it's bad. But, I mean, he's like, okay, but, I mean, we don't know that. So Ventus <laughs> takes the gas out before he kills the gas. And, and, I mean, you guys did say we're going to set you free, and the gas was like, you gonna give me the gem? Because he like, just wanted no. the gem, and so you guys realize that okay, there's no setting this thing free. Yeah, he was. He you was had numerous no times. He was told you can go back to your master without the gem. You can take a letter to your master, anything you want, but you're not getting the gem. Yeah, and so you realize uh, there was no choice in this and one, and so you guys did kill it. And I mean, I didn't really know. I was just playing from the point of view of the master told him to get the gem. He wants the gem. I really didn't think of, uh, okay, I got to get the players to kill him. I wasn't thinking that. I was just no. thinking of, in my mind, playing the role of the gas, I was thinking of, how do I get the gem? How am I going to get the gem? The gem is the only thing that's important to me. How do I do it? And so you guys are like, okay, well, we're going to kill him. So you take him off. And before Ventus kills him, he takes his claw, which is trussed <laughs> up, and scratches his arm. And freaking his saving throw, brilliant. He get a, a, a great savings throw. So normally something should have happened. And uh, after that, when Nynaeve, the policeman, comes and you guys are explaining your story, and you're like, look, the ghast, he even attacked me. And she's like, oh, you guys are really lucky. You know, I mean, do you know normally that if a ghast scratches you, you would get paralyzed? So it was good in the sense that, I mean, metagaming-wise, I, I think Morgan forgot what would happen. And the saving throw was brilliant that I didn't give away what was going to happen. But there became an opportunity later on where... When you guys were explaining your story to the police, uh, the police, well, sure, they would they, absolutely they would know. And, and the other one, too, is that despite being told that he shouldn't do that, the metagaming component of it was clearly, you know, this is my plan, this is what I'm going to do. And he just stuck to it. And he and he stuck to it because that's, in reality, that what what, what would have happened. And so and they, yeah. did have, they did have the conversation about, oh, shit, I shouldn't do that. And, or I shouldn't do this. And then it was like, but you know, I've already said I'm going to do it. So I might as well yeah. do it anyway. And, yeah. Because it goes ahead. At the end of the day, up. I mean, cause that shouldn't do that was metagaming. It's knowing yeah. something that you really wouldn't know. And, and really that is when, that is when you know that you're, you're playing with a, a fun bunch of people because he could have died. We yep. didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Yep. If he rolled a, a bad, a bad role, he would have yep. been. Paralyzed. He would have been paralyzed. And we would have had to fix the problem. Yep. And that could have been challenging. Yep. Um, and then the police are coming in the door. So, you know, there was a whole lot yeah. of... Yeah. Know, he, I, he, I'm he, sitting there thinking... Exactly the right You thing. sent the message to the police. It's a sending stone. It's a temporary sending stone that crumbles after it's used. So I have to send a reply back. So I sent you a reply. 
And you guys are like, the police run away, the police run away. And then I'm just in my mind, I'm thinking, when do the police come here? Because holy crap, I'm having a hard time juggling this stuff. So I was just waiting for it. We, I, I must say, I must say. So that I could. We, we have, we did have, at this stage, I thought we'd done quite well to have removed a couple of NPC voices that you didn't have to worry about. And I think we deserve extra points for that. Hint, hint, metagame, metagame. Hmm. Uh, we've knocked off a Khan and a Gas, so there's two you don't have to do again. Yep. Did I get any extra points for that? Oh, I'm not saying. Oh, it's, 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 mi- it's milestone, so I don't actually have to track your guys' oh, okay. individual points. Thank right. God. Anyway, yes, the, the sergeant has arrived. And despite the fact that I wanted to see my old mate. And I had a blast, too, with this. He didn't come. Well, he, because, I mean, you, from the, that point, of view, you knew that no, what, I, the last time you met the sergeant, she gave you the sending stone. Yeah, but she didn't tell me you'd been promoted. You told me that afterwards. Well, it no, I mean. in the game. From backstory wise, you knew about Sergeant Mehmet, and so you mentioned Sergeant Mehmet in your backstory. Yes. So I thought I got to add a twist to this. So I promoted him to lieutenant. Except we don't know that. I don't. Well, know Well, you that. did know that because no, when I you don't. guys were talking to, she didn't say it. No, I went back and had a look at it. She didn't say it. Oh, she didn't say it. it was clearly she... it was clearly part of. Yeah, you know uh, how, yeah, you know you're how right. every time it's we probably let you... something I wanted to do and I just missed yeah. it because I want. Well, I, I was very clearly thinking I want to introduce someone else he hasn't met. And I gotta let it somewhere slip that Lieutenant Mehmet is off, blah blah blah. But uh, it's must typically the fact it. that we let you only have the first minute of the game before all of the plans get thrown out the window. Yeah. And when we came to her, I didn't say we're Sergeant Mehmet. Mm. I just let it go. That's true. And that's so true. that's why we didn't find out. But anyway, I've asked for Sergeant Mehmet, and I shall continue to ask for Sergeant Mehmet. And she will at some point either tell me that he's been promoted or is now no longer working mm. or is dead. Or hopefully yeah, at some point in time, I'll get to meet him again. And, and I, I thought and I, when you sent the message, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, we need a biology break here because we, I need to think about what the <laughs> heck is going to happen. You know, so I, I sit there thinking, ask for the police to come. Do they all come, you know, guns blazing? Well, and I'm we, just like, I, I did ask for them to come in guns blazing. Yeah. And, and I, and I sat there thinking, okay, well, Hakan lives in a well to do area of the wharf district. So yes. he is not middle class. He's considered, you know, higher end class. So I was in there, okay, that would be known uh, to the police. They would clearly know who are the to do people in that area. Yeah. So, and I'm thinking, okay, she's also just had to deal with this whole Tuscali thing that you guys threw on her plate the day before. Mm. So I was thinking, well, would she come in? And I think and from my mind, I was like, well, no, she would just come in to see what the heck is going on with these people. Because from her point of view, she was, you know, she wanted to be the one who initiated contact to you guys to t- let you guys know what was going on with the Tuscali. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, how much time would need to pass before that happened? And I knew that, no, I didn't want her to tell you guys the next day. I was thinking, yeah, it's probably going to be a couple of days before she gets in contact with you. And then all of a sudden this, and I was just like, well, okay, once again, whatever, throw that out. So she comes in, she comes in alone and... She doesn't see the five of you guys. All of a sudden, there's the five of you. And then there's Rahid. And then there's Henna. And then there's this bloody cobalt who is, you know, sobbing in the corner. Sobbing and, and dejected. A couple of dead bodies lying yeah. around. And I mean, it's clearly a massacre. There's a dead, uh, some dead cobalts there. There's the water elemental. And she's like, what the hell is going on? And you guys are all lined up like on a shooting line. Yeah, I, I thought that was good because the fact that we sort of lined up 
as though, you know, we weren't hiding anything. No one was hiding in the background. I thought it was a bit like being in front of the school principal. Yep. And, and, I, th- and I thought that worked. And our stories gelled all the way through. We, we figured out the story before she got there. Yeah. And then very specifically, I had her point out, you talk. Now you talk. Now yeah, you talk. And uh, so you guys kept your story. And, and of course, you know, she found out uh, when the gas was an interesting part that she, you know, landed on. And the jam, she's like, well, where's the jam? And you guys, to the letter, were like, don't know, didn't find it. <laughs> no, I didn't find the jam. Which no was so idea. funny because you guys are like, we're going to give this to the police. And then, no. <laughs> well, we hadn't actually discussed giving it to the police. It was like, yeah, my original thoughts were, we can give it to the police and that will get rid of it because clearly this is something we can't handle. Yeah. But now if you look forward, like, where do we go? Uh, because that's where we are now. Right now, didn't, didn't we Calidus, are at the stage of... Wasn't Calidus saying, well, we need to give this to one of the advisors in the city? Yes, Calidus has said that this is something that needs to go to, you know, someone senior. But I think I might only have said that to you. I don't think I've said that to the other guys. No, I I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. you did because in session... Oh, that's right. I did, I I said, I did have to, to work our way up the ladder. Because I, I, I did go. mention, because you were talking about the advisors, so I, I had to make sure the common knowledge was to remind everybody that they would know who these advisors were. They would be famous within the city. Yes. And and this was our entree into the, the senior ranks of the city. Give mm. this to one of the advisors and look at what we've done for you. Mm. But I suspect that that's not going to happen. It's kind of like wanting to go and see Donald Trump. You know, Is he going to open the door to you? Well, and, and to, to that end, I think perhaps this might have been caused a little bit. I mean, the reticence to give it to the police could have been caused because before the session started, the day before the session started, I put in the role play channel a conversation between the two junior priestesses at the temple, and they were talking about the reward that they gave you because they gave you 500 gold pieces to get the cat, and what would have happened if the, the cat had got away. If the cat got away. Now I remember sitting there thinking, well, I probably should do something, and I was like, well, I don't want to do anything with any of the main people that are, are important no. to the plot. So I was like, well, who can I use? And I was like, I'll just make a conversation between the two. And, the two priests and, and I am going to, my, my plan is next week to exploit them. Because well, and I just, I, the, the very first thing. the obvious people to give it to. We're not going to get to talk to any of the other people that are mm-hmm. high up the chain. And if we were to give it to them, you know, they gave us 500 to start with. So, yeah, okay, we could give it back to them. There is a possibility they will invite us to come and meet someone further up the, up the line. And when you look at the, the races of the people that are on the, the committee, there's a, a Noel, a vampire. Yeah, the Noel is the warlord, so he is the warlord, the yeah. warlord Noel. Lady uh, Elisha, who is the vampire. Who's the vampire. Now, I don't know if... I, do we know that? Do we know that she's the vampire, or am I doing that from the previous game? No, you guys, you would, would, you would, would know, knowledge. yeah, the, the advisors would be common knowledge. So you would know that Lady Elastra is a vampire. This uh, you would know High Priestess Nefrini is yeah. the leader of the church. And it's, it's and the queen goddess Mishkenet, who yes. is, you know, God, God. incarnate. So whether one. whether these people talk to Nefrini, which I can't imagine that they do, but I would, would imagine that the, the, the two priestesses, there is another step and then maybe Nefrini is above that. Yeah. Well, but and it, this is where, this, I mean, the other thing too is if we give this to the Knowles, then... How does that go down? Because you've given something that controls the cat folk to the gnolls, and you know, yeah. or do you give it to? And you learned that too, not from Hakan, uh, because you'd killed him. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was uh, Mistress uh, Henna who tells you that 
I think it controls the cat because she was there she and did. observed what Hakan was doing, yes. and that's all she knew. But she didn't yes. really know anything else. So, so we and and it doesn't look as though at this stage we are going to find anyone that knows what it does. But but actually, so here's two things. The first thing was out of game before the session started because of that posting I put between the junior priestesses. It was either Mordern or Ventus was like, I think we've pissed off the church. And God, what are we going to do? And so I think... Did he well, say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was sitting there thinking, oh, Christ. And that's why I thought that they were not wanting to let the police know anything about the gem because they were now thinking that, oh, Christ, we've offended the temple. What, because when, they, did he, when did he do this? Because I don't, uh, I it, must have, this. it must have been just before you joined up because there was a brief conversation going on between Ventus, Elbrum, and, and Morden. Why would they think they've offended the temple? Like, because the, the way they read my statements in Discord, they thought that the, the priestesses were like, oh God, I gave them 500 gold. I'm going to be in some big trouble because I gave them too much money. That's how they read it. And oh, I was just no, like, no, 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 no. Well, but that's just it. So they I was saving their asses. I mean, this was, this was, yeah, like, so, but that's just it. So all of a sudden, Something I wrote in Innocence was like, oh, Christ. Like, <laughs> that's that's, that's affecting, you know, how they're going to go in the session. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. I mean, if it invests them more, fine. Which I think it, it, it changes. Every that's time true. something like this happens, yeah. that invests everybody yeah. more. But so, and at the end of the day, I mean, you guys, before the session started, I mean, the previous session, you all knew that you guys had leveled up to level two. Yes. And I very clearly said that, in order to actually level up, you need to do a long rest. Yes. So in this way, to, to, to your guys' advantage, after you spoke to the to Nynaeve from the police, she was like, you guys are going directly back. You guys wanted to stay there. You wanted to we stay for the investigation. We wanted to, yes, we and wanted to stay in that. In that she area. was, you guys are going back to building. the refugee camp, to your tent, and you will stay there until we contact you, and you yes. will not move from there. And when she, she brought the rest of the police across... She used a sending stone that didn't disintegrate yes. and called the rest of the police. And when they arrived, they, they did escort you guys there. So you guys got to long rest. You got to level up. And you ended up identifying, because this was roughly about 3.30 in the yeah. afternoon, 4 o'clock. So things. you did have enough time to do a number of short rests and attune to all the stuff. Yeah. So at that point, you guys <laughs> do know now what that, what that stuff gem is. does. Yeah. So that's something you now have armed with for, for your next session. So, you know, and, and the funny thing was, is I, I didn't know when you guys were going to long rest. And I certainly had no intention of making it easy for you guys at all about taking a long rest. But I'm sitting there thinking, you brought in the police. How is this going to play out? And I was like, well, they're going to want to yeah. investigate the scene. And clearly, you've, they've got your story now. They're going to find out if it's true. And, and then we'll see what happens. So I was like, yeah, they would send you somewhere under escort. They wouldn't let you stay there. So And, I, and, I, and you can see now how, how, once again, the best laid plans of mice and men, the uh, the, the elves, the Kell brothers are going to come back, hmm. clearly aiming to have the house, and they are going to want to find a way to keep the house. Well, and, and No the, idea how that's going to pan out. This is the interesting can, thing, too. And it does... Can you get promoted out of a refugee camp into the city? Yeah, because you guys do... You are required to wear the arm brands, and, and your identification does say... But here's but, the but thing, too, for me... Building a relationship with everybody around it, so we are starting... This is like the, this is like the beginning of becoming a hero. 
yeah. where we've, we've got to that stage, we've got some credibility, we've got yeah. a few logos on our sleeves, and yeah. maybe we can make it out of the refugee camp and, and, and have somewhere to live. And if we, if we did get to live here, that would be great. But currently we're not doing too bad. I mean, you know, we know of a vacant place in the hunt. did find out. I mean, the reward we helped you there. guys a lot, that the money was yeah. really useful um, for you guys. We go and see Nasur and, you know, here's your 75 goal. He'll be happy. Maybe he'll know of an abandoned building that we can move into. But again, oh, we and that's, that, that's the other bit that we forgot is, so when you guys are talking to Rahid, there was a point that I had that was a big reveal for Asher's backstory. And I was wondering if there would ever come a point where I could, where I could do this. And so you guys were talking with Rahid and you, you get into a point in a conversation where you're talking about all of his friends that got murdered. And so he's like talking about, okay, going back. And at some point you guys are like, well, wait a minute, that building up top is not your home. And he's like, well, no, no, this is the one downstairs. mine's downstairs. That building up above that, that belongs to the black Sultan. And Asher's just like, what? The Black Sultan, and Asher knows that name because the Black Sultan murdered his parents in front of him. Yeah. So he's just like, another, holy crap. Another backstory. Right. And, quite nicely. and from Henna, you learn that, oh yeah, he, he fled the city, you know, three years ago because he was smuggling something or other. And she's not really clear on the story. But all of a sudden now, Calidus is sitting there going, What's this in my pocket? I've got a real stain that I picked up off the floor that was buried under the dust. Yeah. So also now Ka- oh, Calidus is like, wait a minute. <clears throat> and everybody wanted, everyone that looked at it was going, we want that. And it's clear that it's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. So you can say, okay, he's a smuggler. He's a murderer. And this is where he smuggled from. Maybe he dropped one. And the thing is for me is I'm just sitting here like, well, that's a plot hook. That's a plot hook. That's a plot hook. <laughs> and I've got and nothing prepared for any of any of that stuff. And it's just like, but again, you know, I threw the real stone in there because um, I don't, I thought it would be fun to mess with you. <laughs> and and now all of a sudden, it's turned out to be something more. And you know, but it is. I mean, and 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 if to try, I mean, and you look at the team now and you say, could we give the real stone away? And the answer is no, you can't. It would be one of those things that. As much as it could do well, it could be a complete disaster. But I think they all get that this is entertainment because when I was about to use it the last time, every one of them all at once sort of said, don't, don't, don't put down the stone first. Yeah. So they all instantaneously have got that sort of the idea. And I think if you're giving that away. I think the same thing will happen with cat's eye. It will be a case of, you know, I can explain what it does and then... You know, it will be, we might use it once or we might use it twice. Well, and then there'll be the decision. Do we want to keep it? Do we want to get rid of it? You know, now that we know what it does. And the, and the thing is for me is like, I mean, when I sit there and think about some of these characters, you, you know, I like, okay, there's supposed to be this big world event happening. There's you guys' backstories and how do I make it interesting and involve you guys? And I'm like, ah, oh, well, maybe Rahid knows something. And I don't know. Will there be an opportunity? I don't know. You know, like, for example, get, getting you guys back to the refugee t- camp. I, I, at one point, I thought, well, there could be a plot hook there somehow. But I, I had no idea about thinking, how will they ever get back? So even when I had Nynaeve sending you, I was like, okay, well, Nynaeve is not, you guys can't stay here. because She's going to want it. You guys will just be under the mm-hmm. foot. So where is she going to send you? Well, she's not going to send you somewhere that she's got to no. pay because she's, she's got to justify the payment to the city. So, well, and she can't go back to the refugee camp because the refugee and, camp has kind of got guarded. And, and anyway, isn't isn't the investigation the biggest plot hook of all? 
because at some point I'm sitting there going, because from our point of view, we're, we're sitting back in the tent. We've gathered up all our goodies. They are about to investigate this house from top to bottom and they won't find the gem. Not because we've got it. So then that whole thing becomes they don't find the gem. Rahid's bolted, you know. Well, and, in and, fact, and the only thing we've got to, to go on is that we have to come up with a convincing story for being there. And our story was we went to see Hakan because we thought we had a lead on the gem. Well, and here's the thing too is like, here's a question. Where is Rahid? Where is Hannah? And where is the cobalt? So the cobalt, the cobalt Naive knew immediately that that's a slave because dragon yeah. folks are pretty much all slaves in the city. So she's like, he's going back to the pit. And you guys did a fantastic job yes. of convincing her that, no, he's going to come with us. We'll, we'll keep yeah. him under. And so she ended up, yeah, he's persuaded her. And, and then he, I actually think that he could be our entrance back into the house. But that if we manipulate that well enough, we might be able to get to a situation where we can get him back into the house, even if we have to look after him. So. I, I, I think, too, this probably didn't come across, but you guys will pick up on it right away in the session, is that Hannah and Rahid are with you because you guys are all under scrutiny right now. Oh yeah, they're, so, they're definitely yeah. So yeah, there's no doubt it didn't come across. Too. I think probably at the time, but yeah, they oh, are no, with they, 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 and yeah. we know that because Rahid has already shown that where he wants to go is where we want to go. Yeah, um, Henna's working for someone else, and she really doesn't have a choice. She's a bit under the thumb. We've also disposed of one of the issues in her life, which is a car. There is also this wonderful opening for someone to go and run a camel trading business. So. Kell Brothers would be ideally suited for running a camel trading business. They'd rip off anyone. Yep. That's right, Rose. That's right up their alley. And this is one of those things where, you know, like you, you, when you read a module, they give you, you know, this, this, and this. So, you know, like I know these things and some things, you know, you, you don't want to reveal because like is it common knowledge or not. And so you guys coming in and now taking that house, if you can manage to do this somehow, what is going to be the consequences of you now being in that house that was, you know, where this camel trader did his business? Oh, I think that the, I think the, I have no the, thinking the, idea. The, the, I think the elders have pretty much got this, this sorted. And I, I would say that the, their plan is that we take over the house. We're not going to, we're going, they will do two things. They will certainly run it as a front for, for some illegal well, industry. They're, they're going to run it as a shop front for very, flogging stuff from thieves. Well, and they're going to put going to put up a shingle saying heroes for hire at the front and well, we are going to go and run down whatever the next I, I, issue I mean, is. It's very clear from the things that they said that they want to be part of the Crimson Pop. The, introducing the, the Thieves Guild so far, you know, in each session since introducing them, they, that's <laughs> what they've been talking yeah. about. And so it, if they get into the house, it's this, probably is, going the to be the this is going to be the front for the Crimson Poor. I mean, that's their... That's where it'll go. They will be the people that deal in the stolen goods and fence them off here and there. They'll take whatever they think's magical and flog it to the magic shop across the road. Well, and, and, and two, when when they and, were talking they about only... the Crimson Paw to Rahid, they were like, and, and they were explaining that, hey, your fence is dead. Uh, Festering Heth is dead. Yeah. He's like, what? So my friends are dead and, and my fence is dead, who's also my friend? What's going on? They're like, oh, we think he was assassinated by the, the, the woman underneath. And he's like, what woman underneath? <laughs> and I, I just had this, it was just great because they're just, you know, you can very clear this is the part of what do we say and what is metagaming and not. And so I'm just loving it because they're assuming that, yeah, Rahid knows this woman. Why wouldn't he know? And I'm just like, no, well, why would he know it? <laughs> so all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, we think she, and so he's like, who is she? And they describe it. And he's like, 
the menagerie woman? And they're like, menagerie? Because <laughs> they didn't even pick up that. You know, so it was really funny. So it was an interesting moment and, and of discovery on both sides and stuff like this. And, and I think that was one of the factors, too, where they really clued in that, oh, man, he doesn't know squat about the Crimson Pond. Yeah. So, so, so it, it, in terms of, of where this can go, for, from a player point of view, this has moved completely now. For the last few weeks, it's about it's been about there are so many things that we now have to run down or so many potential things that we as players can run down to a, we don't actually have to run down anything. We've achieved our, our first goal that we set out to do. And you now found the gem. we found the gem. And now really this is a, a DM issue. We've created so many plot hooks for you yeah. that depending on what we decide to do next week, you could be tearing your hair out again well, because we could do any one of a dozen. We no. could pick up on anything that we've done so far. And it's like, yeah, okay. So you really are going to be, yeah. Well, Elbrum, on your toes Elbrum was just like, well, you, you're really shoehorned. He said, you really sandboxed yourself in there. How are you going to get out of this? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm really sandboxed. I mean, oh, I yes, think, you're in I the city, think. but there's the whole you're world there. And he's like, wouldn't it be just easier to do a dungeon crawl? And I was like, well, absolutely. A dungeon crawl is 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 a lot simpler. So, you but know, this is way more fun. Yeah. So yeah, and and if if. And, and really, the only thing, as I, as I said, the only thing that you've got going for you is that you do get to control the investigation. Mm. And that we could easily end up in jail, or we may not. But if we don't have, end up in jail, we will be out wandering around the city trying to figure out what's going to happen. The initial conversation next week will be quite interesting about what to do about the eye. Yeah, and, and I mean, all things said and done, this is one of those and things where, you know, I usually have to sit for like a full day and just sit there and be like, all right. They're here. What is the start? What are, What are my first ten minutes of, of this going to be about? I don't think I, I I don't think that you should. I think you should just figure out who are the people that we know because we can only go and see the people that we know, and go how are they going to react to it, and then just make it up from there. I don't think it's actually possible from where you sit. Well, to come up with some cogent plan to make this go anywhere. I no, but there's a, the, go where it the one thing I do realize that has to happen is you do need to have <clears> encounters <throat> where you get to roll dice related to, I'm going to swing something. It's just, it's yeah. not, it's not really about, you know, for murder hobo ishness. It's that I get to play with my skill sets to do something more than investigating perception. Yeah. So it's just. But if you, you know, look at this, if you look at this, and 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 the quick and easy one for this is that we go and we give the gem to the girls in the cafe because that's where they're sitting. That problem solved. We then talk our way into the house, put up the sign "Heroes for Hire," and you've solved that problem. Mm. Because well, if, if, that's yeah. a really quick and, and dirty solution to. Because the next person that knocks on the door, there's the encounter. They come and knock on the door and say, "Go and clear out the dungeon." Mm. Yeah, and I, and I do. I do have to admit, I, I did. Think I did think that at the very beginning of the session I was like maybe they give it to the police and if they did give it to the police what would the police do with such a, a thing that just came into their hands so I did have a thought that if they did give it to the police it could probably lead this way and if they didn't give it to the police I was just like well where else could it go I mean Hakan wants it Hena wants it and. Karima wasn't even part of the picture, and I just threw in last night. <laughs> yeah, they all want they all want yeah. it. Or do they keep it and use it? Yeah. Keep and try and use it. 
there's a downside to using it, and that is the, the fact that you've got to sit with it for an hour every day. So yes, that is right. That's right, because the part of this gem is that you must require, if you want to stay attuned to it, you must every day have a short rest with it, which is irregular for magic objects. Yeah. And, and, and so, and there'll need to be some clarification about that because there's a series of spells that I assume you can use just because you've got the gem. But if you are attuned to it, then the cats behave normally. And if you're not attuned to it, you can see what the cats see. Mm. And that seems to me no, no. contradictory. If you're attuned, you, you can. You can see what the cats, it says, sort of says they wander around aimlessly or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. There's something about if you, if you lose the, if, if it's nearby and you're not attuned, they kind of, they, well, they, the cats are going to have a reaction one yeah. way or another is what it comes down yeah. to. So one if you're attuned to it, you can use the cats. You can see what's going on yeah. and you can cast the spells. And if you're not attuned to it, the cats behave funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's an opportunity there to use it. I know that one of the guys desperately wants a, a, a panther. So yeah. maybe he could have the gym and then he would have his panther to go with it. Yeah. But by the same token, it is, is, you would look at this, this is like, this mini, well, it's, 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 it's almost like another murder hobo, isn't it? You know, you walk into the room, you're going to get crucified by a hundred people. You give a bunch of people that are bottom level characters an incredibly powerful object, you know, and they attempt to hang on to it to their detriment. Surely you would look at it and say, this is something that is way out of my realm. I need to either bury it somewhere where I can come back to it later when I get a better understanding or I need to give it to someone that it should go to yeah. and get brownie points for doing the right thing. Yeah, and I mean, once you've attuned to it as well, it does tell you how you can destroy it as well. So that's yeah. also <clears throat> an option. But I mean, and, you have and to would be you want, careful. And would you want to destroy this? Or is this not... Because this seems to me something that belongs in the temple, belongs with those people. Yeah. You, you'd have to look at it and say, the city's so, based on the cat folk... They're not dominating the city. They're not trying to dominate the city. This as as players, who do you know of as a player that wants the gem? Well, I want the gem. Well, no, no one wants the gem. I've got the gem. No, but of uh, the NPCs, you know. Who of the NPCs? Yeah. Everybody wants it. All the NPCs want Well, we know that uh, Henna Okay, the police. The, so the, let's let's go through. The police don't know about it. Yeah. They, they know it exists, but they don't know what it does. Yeah, they, right. and they only know about it just because of because just now. So even then, they've just learned about it. Yeah. So they're not really in the picture. Yeah. Henna wants, wants it. it. Rahid wants it. Well, Rahid just wanted to sell it. And so yeah. he's, and from your interaction, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care about it anymore. Yeah. He, so Henna wanted it. But has no has no idea what it does. Because she hasn't been told by Princess Karima. Karima. So Princess Karima wants Princess it. Princess Karima wants it. And we don't know if Princess Karima wants it. Is she a cat folk? Don't know yet. No. She's, I oh, know. wait, wait, wait. I slip them in every now Remember? and again in hope that you'll I, I did this. I had you guys. You when Henna spoke about Karima for the first time, I had you guys roll a perception check. And a bunch of you guys could see that at this point, Hakan had, was missing two of his thumbs. And when mentioned Karima, he perked up, and one of you guys rolled well enough that you seen a TP form in his trousers. Yes, we did. He liked Princess Karima, and I think that's the, about all you know about her so far. Yes, he had the hops for her. So, so we don't know what she is. And again, you get to so you know she wants it. She know, and we know that she wants it. Who else wants it? Well, we Hakan's dead, so it doesn't <laughs> matter anymore. 
And there's no one else that we know of that wants it unless I'm missing someone. I'd have to go back and review my notes, but I don't think that anyone else knows that it exists. Sister. Oh, yeah, sister. Yeah, the guys. Want, uh, the mummy wants it. So, and again, we know nothing about the mummy, just that she exists. Or and why, the mummy, why and the mummy, and the mummy came out of the river of sand. That's right. So, wow, actually, when you think about it, it could be something that she lost. She could have had it and lost it. But again, you look at that and go, if, if she is a mummy and if she is a powerful being, was she controlling the cats and was she using it at the particular point in time? If well, it was buried in the river of sand, for, too for, far away to have an impact on the town. And for me, at the end of the day, all I can hope is that you guys' have interest has been piqued enough that you're asking yourselves, why? Why do they want it? Yes. Yeah, That's and again, it's it's we've got a vague idea of what it does. Yeah, and, and the common thing that keeps coming up is you get to control the cats. The common thing that says you get to control the cats, but is it control the cats to attack an army? Is it control the cats to rob the bank of no. England? Yeah, you, you don't you, know about when, this when controlling you, of the cats and what's the benefit. I think if you when you connect to the next session again and you and you go over again what it does, uh, at least you you you're, you're clear of what cats it does control and what it allows you to do with them. But yeah. again. Why? But why would you? Yeah. yeah. What is the benefit of controlling the cats? And I mean, to me, that to me that's, that's just it. Like when I was telling you about the West Marches game that I'm involved in, to me, that that's just a common thing. Like we walk into this stronghold. Why is this stuff here? I mean, I, I sit there and think there's those thrones there. Why are those thrones there? To me, it just that's seems just... like an obvious question, but I don't know. I think, I think that to me, that's one of the things uh, as a player or as a GM, I mean, why, why is this stuff happening? At times, some people, like another one of my friends was telling me that in his group, the whys, they didn't care about the whys. And eventually, you know, after a year of playing and those characters are reaching level seven, uh, they were asking him, they want to make new characters, which he's saying, oh, heck, that means that they're not invested in the story. They just want to be adventurers for hire and try out new characters. So that I guess that's a concern because if if the, if the players are not asking why, then the investment in the story is not working. And, and we will find that out next week, I think, when we find the... yeah, And that'll be the great debate, because the, the debate next week is going to be, we have this thing, what does it do, and why does everybody want it? And until we know... I mean, the why will become obvious as soon as we know what it does. Mm. And, and having gone through the discussion, this is what it actually does. It's still, from what I've read so far, there's no clear answer. You can control cats. There's no benefit to that that I can see unless there are that many cats that you can take over the city. Who cares? There doesn't seem to be any other threat that's appearing in the city. So this if you is- use the cat army to defend the city or, I mean, you know, the Tuscali are coming, okay, we could create a cat army and, and wipe out the Tuscali. Maybe the mummy's going to run amok and, and maybe her plan is to take over the city. Hmm. But the mummy's running around with four ghasts. We easily defeated the ghasts. That's not like there's a, a, a big imminent threat coming from there. And and we only know what we know from uh, Karim. Yeah. It, so it's whether we're going to stumble over bits of information about this. And I guess the other question is whether we care. Because I look at this and saying, we are refugees living in a town. And I would say, we really don't, want to know i mean we may want to know out of curiosity but we don't want to manage this situation this is a situation where we want the information and we want the brownie points 
uh, for working with the people that want it. Our hardest decision would be who do we give it to? Yeah. You know, if we go and get rid of it, you know, and that again, the conversations that will occur, I, I fully expect the conversations that will occur next week will take up. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. so. To me, the, the intent conversation about what yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. And I, to me, I think to me that's that's I think that's beautiful. I personally, if I come into next session and you guys are just sitting there for half the session talking about what the hell you're going to do, I think yeah. that's great. Now. Some might just get bored, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, and that's the stuff I try to get prepared for. And I know that you can be, you can say, well, do you, who do you entertain for? And you got to be thinking about those things. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things that when you're in a movie, I was just watching this thing on YouTube the other day where they're talking about, you know, the big monsters, they always make this scream and it's so unrealistic. Because everybody who's a scientist know that there's no way that that creature is going to sound like that, but it doesn't matter. It's for the effect. And it's part of that effect that the, of the reaction to that screen that helps capture some of the audience. And so that I say the same thing is like, okay, you got to throw a little bit of some of that stuff into yeah. it so you get the full audience, you know. And look at the other end of the scale on this one is we could sell it to Hannah, couldn't we, for the original 100 that we promised. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. again, we walk away from it that way. Yeah, yeah, it I mean, is, it is, is. That conversation is, as you say, that, that, that will be an entertaining conversation. Yeah. And to trying to come to some consensus will, will be interesting as well on, on what should happen. Yeah, and, and I've got my work cut out for me because now I've got to figure out how the hell are the police going to deal with this situation? Because, like I said, it, if you gave them the gem, I think I have an idea of where I could go. That you didn't keep the, that you kept the gem, I got to actually rethink things in terms of what, do I, what am I going to do with this? So, yeah, and, and I think that the, the fact that the, the the police aren't cat folk, I might have got that wrong. No, well, there's, the there's a mixture. Like, you, you, demographically speaking, you guys are aware. I mean, you could come, you see lots of humans, you see yeah. some cat people, you see quite a few gnolls. Yeah. And of course, I love I love that the elves, especially the, the wood elves' reaction to the gnolls, because they're, yeah. from, they're from Faerun. And from Faerun, the gnolls are evil and you kill them. They're not a race that you interact with, and he just he just hates them. He will not deal with yeah. the moles. And I was just like, he's, well, I mean, he's sticking to it. He's and, sticking to it. And we can always give it. We can always flog it off at a magic shop. That yeah. put a cat in amongst the yeah. pigeons. I still get a kick out of that whole your guys' business with the real stone inside the magic shop yeah, and how that was, happened. That yeah. I mean, I, I, I again, it's one of those things like, okay, she's got it. You guys want her to identify what should happen here. And I was like, well, okay, I know that there's there's this possibility. So I rolled the dice. Okay, that possibility is not going to go that way. So it has a, a good reaction. And all of a sudden, well, what would be a good reaction? How about everything gets identified? Cool. All right. It's all identified. So uh, that's, it's working good. I mean, uh, I, think I, I admit that running those NPCs stressed me out the hell because I was – so I'd be starting in Mr. Tennant's voice and I probably, when I started in Mr. Tennant's voice, it'd be sounding like Rahid or something. Oh, keeping the voices straight. I, I was juggling. I was juggling. But from here on in, it becomes, I mean, now you only have to deal with the fact that it's the constant Daryl in the corner mm. um, who'll be there all the time. And it's possible that it can get down. The next series of interactions, there'll only be one NPC at a time. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, you guys are stuck in a tent with Henna, Rahid. And... No, Henna, Henna and Rahid. No, they're in the tent. tent. The, the oh, police sent the whole all of you guys to there to keep an eye on you until they're finished the investigation. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because we can't have the conversation. 
Well, the players can't have the conversation in front of Rahid and uh, and Henna. Well, that'll be a conversation that we have to have. You'll have to work it out. Anyway, yeah, I think okay. that's good I enough. Didn't realize that they were there. All right, no, that's it. That's that's a wrap. Thank you and good night. All right.